again, Civil War Talk Radio. We're talking with Dave Powell, designer of Civil War Battle Simulation Games, and we'll be discussing his work upcoming on a project dealing with the Battle of Chickamauga. Have you let your website go stale? Wish you didn't have to wait for your web developer to return your call when you want to update content? You don't have to. Now you can easily and instantly manage your own website content using affordable Avalar technology. Avalar is the website development and hosting company that provides turnkey internet solutions for companies like yours that need to stay focused on core business. Avalar gives you the power to control your website and make updates and additions in real time without having to learn HTML or other complicated programming tools. Websites powered by Avalar feature capabilities that attract more customers and enhance relationships with existing customers. Avalar offers a multitude of leading-edge solutions, including lead generation and referral tracking, shopping carts and payment processing, membership management, and search engine optimization, to name a few. Take advantage of the full power of the Internet using Avalar technology at www.avalar.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R.com. Vitality is a natural expression of health, success, and fulfillment. And yet it's rare to meet people bubbling with vitality. That's because most of us push ourselves too hard. And when we trigger the internal alarms that tell us to change our diets, attitudes, or activities, we ignore them. Allowing outside pressures to override our internal alarms undermines our health, sabotages our success, and limits our potential. If you're ready to reclaim your natural vitality to begin living a life you love, visit thevitalyou.com. You're listening to World Talk Radio, where the world comes to talk. Welcome to Civil War Talk Radio. I'm Jerry Prokopovich. With me today is Dave Powell, designer of the Civil War Brigade series games and other war games on the Civil War. Dave, before we get back to what we were discussing, uh, the lead-in I gave for our previous segment, I asked, uh, what do H.G. Wells, Corey Wells, the Three Dog Knight, and Stephen Vincent Benet have in common? And I didn't answer that, nor did you. Uh, hardly fair to our listeners. Uh, do you happen to know? Well, uh, no, frankly. <laughs> uh, well, Benet, uh, I read a bit of his poem, which had to do with war gaming in the sense of uh, comparing uh, men in blocks uh, on a map to real battle. And then we talked about H.G. Wells, uh, Corey Wells. H.G. Uh, Wells, as, as someone who first popularized playing with toy soldiers for adults uh, 100 years ago. And Corey Wells, I learned, a uh, musician uh, with a 60s and 70s rock band, is, is an avid war gamer. So uh, there we've tied them all together. Ah, I didn't know that. Uh, I know that. Let me share a little bit more while we're talking. I know that from... Uh, a website called Consim World, which, if listeners are interested in this hobby, uh, they ought to uh, check out consimworld.com, uh, uh, where people discuss the hobby. And uh, Dave, I know you've often engaged in uh, uh, discussions there about your research, about your your work uh, with other game players, and that's uh, often a very interesting website. I also want to say uh, for listeners who are wondering where all this stuff comes from, uh, you mentioned how computer games on Civil War battles don't get into Best Buy because they can't sell 60000 uh, Where does somebody go if they want to buy your games? Well, um, 
the uh, the company that uh, that still has the most of my games is probably MMP, uh, most famous for uh, its owner Kurt Schilling, uh, pitcher for the player. Red Sox. Um, uh, Kurt and some of his friends formed a company because of their interest in a war game called uh, Advanced Squad Leader, which is a World War II simulation. Um, they also publish a line of other games, and among them are some of my Civil War games. Uh, and uh, you can uh, just search on MMP.com, I believe, and uh, and you will get there. Or Multiman Publishing. One of those searches should take you right to the website. That's right. And Advanced Squad Leader is not really a game. It is a way of life. Yes. Uh, well, for those once again, that. a lifestyle commitment. That's right. <laughs> um, I'll put an unsolicited plug for uh, other places you can go online, Bunker Hill Games and Boulder Games, uh, spelled Boulder like Boulder, Colorado, are a couple places that uh, are dis- distributors uh, of these types of games. And, again, if one's interested in learning more, those are good websites to find out uh, what you can buy. Well, you were talking about computer games. Let me suggest another issue with recreating Civil War battles on the computer screen as opposed to on the tabletop is that you don't know what the computer is doing. If I want to buy one of your games and play it, and I see that you've put uh, oh, you put Hazen's Brigade uh, in the wrong location at Stones River, I can move it. I can move the counters over and say, I happen to know from my own research, it ought to be here. Or if I disagree with your model of Civil War infantry combat and say, well, the casualties caused in this engagement are two times what they historically were, so I'm going to change the table used to determine casualties to match what I think it ought to be. Uh, I can do that with your games. With a computer game, it's not transparent how things happen. I can't change anything. Yeah, gamers call that the black box effect. You can't see inside. You can't, uh, uh, you know, you don't know what it's doing. Um, and sometimes uh, one of the things that frustrates computer gamers is sometimes the game blatantly cheats. It does things that you're not allowed to do in order to give the computer the advantage and create a, a, a better opponent. Because in general, of course, the, the stumbling block to computer games, unless they're played online or, or uh, um, you know, face-to-face uh, somehow, is... Um, that your opponent is the computer and it's an artificial intelligence and it's just not going to be as uh, as creative or clever or as effective as you are. No, I, that's, that's almost always the case. You mentioned uh, Chickamauga earlier and that you've been doing some research on that. Uh, is this for an upcoming game project? Well, uh, actually, no. It's for uh, a variety of projects. If you want to talk lifestyle commitment, Chickamauga has become mine. It started, actually, with a game commitment. Uh, I did uh, a follow-up to my regimental Gettysburg game. Uh, I did a game called the, This Terrible Sound, based on the Peter Cousins title, mm-hmm. uh, which is a regimental Chickamauga game, again, with, with five maps and a couple of thousand pieces. Um, and I found that I uh, the research in doing that game led me ever onward. I, I, I wasn't done when I finished that game. Uh, I, uh, I started to collect more research, especially primary source accounts. Now I have binders and binders full of uh, material copied from archives, letters, diaries, that sort of thing. Um, and I, I've been down there several times. I've led some tours at Chickamauga. I've gone on some tours. Um, it's really for uh, probably a series of writing projects. I want to eventually tackle a, a book on it. Um, 
my uh, uh, I've written uh, uh, working on an article rather uh, concerning Confederate cavalry in the Chickamauga campaign. Uh, I have an article on a, a regiment, the 96th Illinois, coming out in North and South Magazine uh, in the next issue that uh, certainly listeners might run across. Um, and I want to do a, a series of, of map study projects of the battle where I take a map. I, I referred to the living map concept earlier when we were talking about the war games. Well, I, I want to translate that to a, a project where I, I take a map for each 15 minutes of the battle, each incre- the, you know 15-minute increment of the battle, and plot the, the regimental uh, troop movements on those maps and then explain them in a text so that uh, the maps paint a, a coherent picture of the way the units are moving and what's going on in the battle. And I want to do that for both days of the Battle of Chickamauga, September 19th and 20th. So that yeah. brings us uh, full circle. Your your interest uh, as a youngster triggered by the, the beautiful maps, the American Heritage volume, uh, leading to produce games where you have dynamic moving maps. Uh, the maps, I guess, stay still, but the troops on them can actually move uh, at your will. And now back to a series of uh, written maps, uh, but reflecting the, the changes from at very narrow 15-minute increments. Uh, uh, that seems like uh, the right thing for you to do. Yeah, I, uh, I'm excited about it. I've been pretty much focused on it for uh, several years now, and uh, the, uh, the maps themselves are almost drawn for the first day. Uh, the map text isn't quite all together yet, but uh, I, I think it's definitely progressing. It's a big project, but it's coming together. Well, what has it led you to think about the Battle of Chickamauga? This is the Confederacy's last really aggressive uh, movement, certainly in the West, in September 1863, and uh, their last major battlefield victory. Uh, is it... Well, um, there's a couple of things. Share your thoughts. I was I was intrigued by uh, the, the concept of, of strategic concentration. Uh, it's one of the few examples for the Confederates where uh, they tried to focus the resources of several different theaters uh, in uh, in in North Georgia to try and, and to win a decisive victory. Um, it's uh, it's probably uh, one of the few instances of the war where the Confederates actually put a Union army in jeopardy. You know, we talk about oh, some of Lee's campaigns or, or the Second Bull Run, which is sometimes considered Lee's classic, um, uh, if not Chancellorsville, one of those two. But in each case, Lee threatened a portion of the Union army, but even Lee was frustrated that the the proximity of Washington meant that the, the John Pope's Federals managed to escape into the fortresses of D.C., and uh, he he couldn't achieve the decisive re- result he was seeking. Well, in 1863, General Rosecrans' Army of the Cumberland, the Union force, was ended up penned up in Chattanooga on a very thin supply line that was almost completely severed, and had the Federals not reacted... Uh, well, a combination of, of federal reaction and Confederate uh, sort of mistakes following the battle. Um, uh, the Union Army was in real peril and quite possibly could have been uh, captured there, which I think would have had a, a significant impact on the war. Also, the the Chickamauga is uh, uh, just, it's one of the more misunderstood battles. Uh, it's It's a confusing fight, very difficult, especially on the first day to follow. And uh, 
in the cons- compared to the literature on, say, Gettysburg or almost any other Eastern battle, or even uh, campaigns like Vicksburg or, or Shiloh, there's not a lot written on Chickamauga itself. And uh, so that sort of quest to know more about it. You know, if I wanted to know more about Gettysburg, and I certainly spent a lot of time studying Gettysburg, I had hundreds of books to choose from and, and lots of primary sources in print to, to dig out and follow. It wasn't true with Chickamauga. I had to do a lot more of my own work, and that intrigued me. Uh, Chickamauga is often held up as an example of one of those battles where uh, if only one, you know, for want of a nail, if one little thing had been different, uh, it could have been a decisive victory. Uh, but but for, for whatever reason, it, it isn't quite. Uh, do you see it that way? Um, yes and no. I think that uh, there's an element of, of almost any Civil War battle. Uh, it kind of has that flavor. There's always uh, a historian who sits down and writes a book that says, well, if they'd quite gone this way, things would have turned around. There are elements of that in Chickamauga, um, and, and certainly people are probably most familiar with uh, the, the famous Confused Order, which pulled Rosecrans, sent an order to a Union divisional commander, which pulled a division out of the line at the critical time just as Longstreet was attacking, and they surged, the Confederates surged through this hole in the Union line and routed you know, a third of the Union army off the field and turned uh, the Union flank and, and almost endangered the whole, or, or endangered the whole army, almost uh, crushed the whole army. Um, well, that, that's certainly a decisive element, and one gets the feeling that had things gone a little bit different either way, uh, things, you know, the outcome could be significantly affected. Either the whole Union Army could have been driven away or um, or quite possibly Longstreet's attack would have been stopped cold. Though uh, I think the, the, the more I study about that, the, the actual reasons for that uh, are, are a little bit more complex. And Rosecrans, uh, it wasn't just one order. Rosecrans was actually endangering his whole flank by a series of orders, uh, and this was just the opportunity that happened to be there at the moment when Longstreet advanced. So it's not just a single incident, but multiple things could have gone differently. Yeah, it's, it's really a more of a pattern of, of incidents, you know, uh, 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 where Rosecrans might be uh, making a series of decisions. Uh, each of those decisions could have produced a negative outcome or, or a, a disastrous result. He just happened to, that happened to be the one that did. Well, Dave, it sounds like an excellent project, and I know I will look forward to seeing those maps. Uh, it has been a pleasure talking with you today. Unfortunately, we are out of time, but I'm eager to go home and take out a map and set up some counters and see if I can understand the Civil War a little better uh, through a tabletop game. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. I'm Jerry Prokopovich. This is Civil War Talk Radio. Star while we rally round the flag, boys rally once again, shouting the battle cry of freedom.
are springing to the call for 300,000 more. Shouting about a cry of freedom and we'll fill the vacant ranks of our brothers gone before.